welcome to Arrest All Mimics. My name is Ben Tallon. This is the Creative Innovation Podcast in collaboration with the National Festival of Making. Uh, very, very excited about linking up with these guys to bring you three special episodes covering art in manufacturing season two. Um, this is an awesome festival taking place in Blackburn, Lancashire on the 12th and the 13th of May 2018. So this festival kicked off last year and uh, it was brought about to celebrate brilliant UK making industry from kitchen table makers to master manufacturers uh, bringing people from all around the country to Penn and Lancashire uh, for what is described on the website as a wonderful explosion of making activities and it is just that um, these guys are awesome they're ambitious they're open-minded and they got in touch to ask if I wanted to link up with the rest of the Omnics to focus on art and manufacturing which is an awesome series uh, crossing seven of the UK's most adventurous artists with the machinery of Lancashire's premier industrialists. How exciting is that? Um, for me, it was an absolute thrill because it's very cool to have such a great project, such a broad, diverse project to focus on and to cover for this podcast. So really, really delighted to be doing that. And we're going to be kicking off with Nicola Ellis, um, awesome artist, creating huge metallic sculptures. Uh, we'll get into that a little a little later, uh, give you more details. So a big thank you, basically, to Heritage Lottery Fund and Arts Council England, because these guys uh, make such festivals possible, and it's really, really important for such things to be happening, particularly in smaller industrial towns that I feel are very often overlooked. So... It was a great delight to me to find out they were supporting the project and in going into its second year, the National Festival of Making, these guys had a, a greater ambition. They had a big vision to make this something even bigger than their, their very successful first festival last year. So, of course, I wanted to jump on board. It's very exciting and it, and it absolutely wouldn't be possible without Heritage Lottery Fund and Arts Council England. So it's very encouraging for someone like myself who's very passionate about creativity and about uh, bringing attention to smaller smaller places, you know, outside of the major cities, uh, just to just to diversify and spread the, you know, cast people's eyes a bit further afield. So it's hugely exciting to be doing that. So big thank you to those guys. And a quick thank you to, uh, of course, regular podcast sponsors, illustrationweb.com, heartinternet.co.uk, and show supporters, Association of Illustrators and Real Junk Food Manchester, who um, feed bellies not bins. So go and check all those guys out. But I am absolutely delighted to bring this to you. Let's have a look. Out in manufacturing season two. So... Like I mentioned, seven of the UK's most adventurous artists in Lancashire's premier industrial facilities. And I was given access to these beautiful, beautiful residences that were going on. So we looked you know, at the rundown of artists, and I, like I said, we're going to be covering three. So today you find me in Ritherden, uh, chatting to Nicola Ellis. So just to give you a little bit of background... Uh, Ritherden, established in 1895, have been manufacturing a variety of electrical enclosures and related products for many decades. So these guys, you know the kind of street furniture that you'll see, the electrical boxes, it, it's not sexy produce, but it's very, uh, it's very important stuff. And they've been doing this, like I say, for uh, many, many years, and over a century, in fact. And... Believe it or not, there's a fantastic backstory which Ben Ritherden, um, current managing director of the company, is going to give us a little insight about that involves a certain illusionist and disappearing cabinets. So there really is a beautiful story going on here that's brought us, like I say, over a century up to now. And then you find a contemporary artist like Nicola Ellis who's taking up um, 
space in Ritherden to spend her residency there, responding to the environment around her and talking to people and having conversations and taking an interest in their lives, as she'll describe, um, and vice versa. So these guys are interested in what Nicola's doing as an artist, as a sculpture uh, maker, and it's incredibly invigorating to see this kind of meeting of worlds going on and just helping each other to understand and come together and get new ideas so we're going to get deep into all of that stuff but I just wanted to say how exciting it is to be involved with this and I hope you enjoy what you hear because I think it it just gives me so many ideas and uh, you know it's things you don't consider these factories are often you know they're off the street that they're, they're in in the corner of towns and you don't really know what's going on there but behind these closed doors is this wonderful world of artistry and manufacturing and ideas and pioneering so for me to get in there and just learn what's happening uh, is incredibly thrilling. The festival is going on the 12th and 13th of May in Blackburn, so do get over there. I'll be over there checking it out, talking to people, doing another podcast over there. We've got a couple of other awesome artists to come up, like I say, on these further episodes. So make sure you get down, check it out, support the cause. Um, you can go and take a look at Ritherden's work at ritherden.co.uk. The Festival of Making.co.uk is the festival's home. Um, and on there you'll find a link through Art in Manufacturing Season 2. Do go and have a look uh, and enjoy that. Um, it's all going on. Check them out on social media at the Festival of Making on Instagram, Fest, at Fest of Making on Facebook, and at Fest of Making on Twitter. For Nicola's awesome artwork, check out nicolaellis.com. You find me heading to Ritherden in Darwin, Lancashire, uh, to find out the story, to chat to Nicola Ellis, Ben Ritherden, current managing director, and I also got the chance to chat to Katie Brown, Daniela Romano, and Ligia Salazar uh, in the digital marketing and sales admin side of the business. So uh, you get a nice panorama, a nice range of input on this, and I hope you like what you hear. Get your feedback as ever at Arrest on the Mix on the social and as I mentioned all the handles there for the festival of making we want to hear what you think we want you to engage with this and I really hope you like what's going on as much as I do because it's been a real pleasure so enjoy so I grew up in St Helens because my dad is an engineer service engineer Okay. Um, but I, when I was younger he was he was sort of site maintenance and maintained the whole site for British Lead Mills which had a big a big site in St Helens and several other companies where he's just kept the whole of the factories running because he services all of the machines and wow, okay. like guillotines, cranes, does all the electrics and yeah. stuff like that so I think um, and my mum has always sort of supported my dad with, with that business and we've always been I've always been surrounded in a house with talk about that um, and I think eventually um there was, I think there was one point where my dad was made redundant because a particular place shut down and then he just decided to go out on his own and, and start working, you know, self-employed and maintaining machinery for lots of different factories, basically. And I went, I studied um, first time in at Preston, University of Central Lancashire. Um, I did foundation course there, fine art and design, and then fine art as an undergrad. Okay. Um, and I wasn't working with metal then at all. It was much more experimental, just matter, 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 thinking about, yeah. you know, how things were put together, still to some degree, and it was it was sculpture that I was making and a little bit of video. But I think, to some degree, the more I continue developing the work that I make work, the further it gets away from how my dad operates specifically, because he, he works very precisely, you know, he's really, really clever, fixes the things, the problems are solved. Mm. So his world, and my mum's world as well, really, is to describe properly it's very accurate things are very accurate and 
might find that really admirable, but that is not part of my personality for some reason. I just try yeah. to... I'm looking for something else, and maybe that's because, you know, everybody wants to step away from what they've grown up around. Not because you don't like it, just because that's... That's a good point, actually. You know, it's just a change for you. And yeah. I just thought, okay, you know, it's ref- I can reference this, this sort of problem-solving behaviour really that I've grown up around what is it that I need and how can I continue developing a practice with very few resources so I just thought okay my mum and dad are great resources their skills and their attitudes are problem solving so I've got a bank of knowledge and skills to access there if I need to but also because my dad now as I mentioned he works for himself and he he's a service engineer for much of the machinery that like that they have in in Witherden's here Um, profiling shaping steel um Thought, well maybe you'll be able to access me some some scrap bits of material for free basically so it's all the practice really and we'll talk a little bit more about this as we go on but it's all about it's partly about maintaining a practice you know things happen because things things have to continue happening if that yeah, makes sense I have does. to you know I have to have access to materials so um, so I started to work with metal and that was actually as a response to um, the work that I was making when I came out of the MA at Manchester School of Art it was much more complex in terms of processes and materials and I just wanted to strip it all back, get rid of the sort of organic lookingness of it all um, and just to challenge myself really because I thought I'm just going to be making fluffy looking things forever and that's, I, I just can't do that. Um, so the internal workings of these, what I would describe as more fluffy looking things, um, was, was metal bars. So I thought, okay, I'll just work with something really hardcore, learn how to weld, very traditional skill, you know, um, the history of it entrenched in rules of how to do it properly and that will in some way give me somewhere to well some way to contrast all of that that I'd been doing before um, so as the years have gone on I've just decided okay let's look at a process a welding process because I had to learn how to do that anyway to join the stuff together and again I'd, I had a bit more of a reflective period where I thought what is it that I've got which is a little tiny bit of experience in welding I'm not a welder of 44 years you know and it, it takes a good long time to learn how to do it properly um, and I have so much respect for people that do yeah. it's just again that, that urge to do that is not in me <laughs> yeah. so I thought okay I can weld okay so if I start to build it up on itself it's becoming more and more perverse and stepping away and stepping away and sub- subverting the tradition of welding I guess oh. um, so that was the beginning of it really spent a bit of time thinking about how I can get welding as a process and a material as far away from its tradition as possible. I was working with an organisation called Mark Devereux Projects who are based in Manchester and we worked together to um, produce a project where I would be able to visit different places um, around the country that are relevant to steel production and I spent a good six months visiting Middlesbrough, um, Scunthorpe and Port Talbot they're all in sort of different stages of flux in relation to steel production. Um, Middlesbrough's closed down completely now. Um, at, that, at that time, Port Talbot and Scunthorpe were kind of up in the air because Tata were going to sell, not going to sell. Um, and people really wanted to talk about it as well, which, which I appreciated enormously because, you know, people were really kind with the time and information, which was, which was really great. Um, and I managed to, to have a bit of a tour around the Scunthorpe work, which was great. And just see the actual things happening, or at least from far, <laughs> at a safe yeah. distance. Yeah. Um, and I spent a bit of time in archives and looking at the history of, of steel production throughout throughout the UK. So at that point, finished, kind of had to regroup again, um, and I realised, okay, 
I've got all of this information now and somehow it has to come out in the work that is in a way that isn't really contrived because I think sometimes that can happen when you spend a long time you know reading looking and talking to people about stuff it, that becomes the work but that isn't what the work was the work has to be sculpture because it has to be about problem solving to some degree in physicality so again I thought okay I, you know I want the work to be big because I spent a lot of time in places of industry and I thought brilliant I know a couple of businesses now sort of scrap businesses uh, profiling businesses through my dad and some that I'd just sort of walk into in Manchester and say hey please would you mind giving me some stuff if you don't mind yeah um, which they did which is wonderful and then I started to loan bits of bits of material and because I don't have a studio big enough to house massive massive things yeah um or some of the time an awful lot of money to purchase it <laughs> and then I thought oh brilliant there's this sort of conversation that's emerging now where it's about value it's about trade and it's about business um, and since then, really, I've started. I've started to develop. A, well, I'd like to think I've started to develop a practice that, in some way, echoes and, in some ways, is a bit parasitic of places like Ritherden, um, but also looking at how people interact with each other, how they might interact with me mm. here as an artist, which has been fantastic, and maybe we'll talk about it in a little bit. Um, and so, ultimately, at the end of that. Um, I made a couple of big pieces of work with loaned materials um, and it would just be a case of just grabbing whatever matter that is available at any one time. There's going to be a show now that needs to be a good lot of matter on a site. This is the destination for the work. And then it gets on there and in a week it's it's an improvised thing, it's an impermanent thing. Okay. And maybe it will integrate with the architecture of the site. Maybe I'll think about the, the purpose and material properties of the material. Obviously, I'm so pleased that the art in manufacturing opportunity came up because it was actually at a point where I thought I really need I need access to a place of industry now so I can start to understand the whole ecosystem, the business side of it, the distribution side of it, the manufacturing side of it. Because I'm, you know, unless you're in it, you really don't understand how it goes. And and you could I could be in here for years. Do you know what I mean? And you're still finding things out because it's so complex, but also at the same time, it's so efficient. Um, so I, did, I have had access to some places of, um, of manufacturing, but they've never really been as complex as this place where everything gets, you know, a whole product gets made here. Yeah. Um, I've powder coated and everything and it's done, which is just like, it's such an amazing thing to see in what I would consider actually quite a condensed space, you know, so much happens. Um, so I don't know really, but the thing that I wanted to do was try to build some relationships with the people that work here because I thought... You know, it's it is mysterious, and and I wanted to know what the, what those people do, but also just from my experience of being able to nip into certain places of industry, you know, there is so much, there are so many skills here that I know I'm not really going to be able to absorb everything at all in the, the amount of time I have, but it might be an opportunity to, for me to work in a slightly different way, which is to maybe facilitate or be an agent as an artist to maybe say, well, how. How would you like to do this? What have you not been able to do with something before? And how can we subvert that? And maybe that can be managed over a period of time when I'm not here all the time by an individual person. To make it efficient, to make the process efficient for Witherden, for me and for me being here and my interest is like making my practice as parallel with industry operations as possible. You know, it has certain things have to be added to the line in a time when I'm not here, so somebody has to facilitate that as yeah. well or project manage it. And that's what Hannah does, which is amazing. And they're like, you know, the rest yeah. of the, Pete and Matt in, um, in the powder coating wing, you know, 
they're just so good because they've just allowed me to do that and there's some excitement there I, th- I would like to think anyway so yeah but again it's that it's that in it's the collaboration that's crucial, isn't it? You know, if you, if you couldn't come and talk to these people and, and have a genuine interest in what they do, then why why would they yeah. then have an interest in what you do? It's that it's that mutual yeah. respect, and actually, once you both have a conversation and and just get a glimpse of another world, mm-hmm. just something opens up, doesn't it? And it, mm-hmm. and, it, and it it really becomes a relationship. Then there's something that can yeah. flourish from both sides, which is really, I guess, really important. It, it definitely is to me, and I just um, I just really respect what people do, and I'm interested in the lives, you know. And I think that's something probably that that kicked off my need to go out and out of the studio it's you know and expand from from sort of hardcore studio based practice because I just wanted to speak to people who knew things about the thing that I'm interested in which is a very very basic thing to say but that that's what it is and people here just have so much information in them and lived experience so just how did this come about then so this is through the art of manufacturing so how was that initial link with Ribbon and Make so at the end of last year um I worked again with Mark Devereaux Projects to produce another um, another project, which I'm very grateful for Arts Council funding for, uh, which was called Sculpture Fabrication, and that was about me making contact with various people, so um, fabricators, sort of non-sculpt, not, not necessarily sculpture fabricators, but then also some people who, who fabricate sculpture, and um, people that commission large-scale sculpture outdoors, um, curators who who sort of have a experience in producing projects like that because I just wanted to understand how it happens but then as soon as you step into those realms then the whole process becomes part of the work as well to some yes. degree you know um, so at this point I met um, a fantastic curator uh, called Claire Mander who is based in London but she's also um, working on I'm sure several projects around the UK um, but she's working with Eleanor Gifford on public sculpture commissions in Morecambe Bay so Claire very very kindly recommended me to Eleanor and then Eleanor and I just had a little bit of a back and forth conversation and, and she said, well, what about, what about Ritherden? Would you be interested in working with Ritherden? And I, that, the answer was, of course, absolutely. I, mean, I, I said to you earlier when we were walking around, you know, try and find somebody that's more excited about the production of electrical box housing. Like, <laughs> serious. <laughs> I was absolutely thrilled. So, hello, darling. Do you want me? What's up? I've been told to come and chat with you, but you don't need me before I go on. Oh, thank you. Um, no, that's fine. When are you going? No. Okay. <laughs> thank you so much for today. Thank you. I just love them so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> you just wouldn't believe. Um, but just while that's happened, I must just say this. Like, everyone has been so welcoming here. Because sometimes I think, I guess when you don't, I don't know, I didn't assume anyone would be like this at all, but when you're walking into a, an environment where you think actually what, what you're doing is disrupting something, you are disrupting something by being there because everything is very efficient. You know, everyone has just been so kind and generous with the time and skills and information and spending time with me. And also, you know, to some degree, I think, when you're going in and being slightly disruptive in your behaviour, people have to tolerate quite strange ideas in comparison to what would normally be present in the workplace yeah and they've just been so accommodating you know and interested but but I'm also interested in their lives you know the first time I came in I was with Eleanor and um, Ben who's the managing director here we got a tour with Ben and introduced to everybody and it was I mean it was a little bit more lengthy than the one that we've just the walk around that we've just had now but I think you're just slapped in the face with so much information, but it is deeply, deeply exciting. You know, it's almost—it's like trying to get through fog. It's like, oh my goodness, you know, there's so much 
what what could you possibly even focus on here? But I think um, you know after after a couple of days, really things become a bit more familiar, and even just knowing where to go for a particular thing to speak to a particular person, you begin to own a little bit of the uh, you know yeah. of, of your presence in there. I guess it's just been fantastic. Me sort of me having a chat with people that work here about what it is that I do, and that sort of to like see how naturally in conversation because we're just talking about you know each other's lives basically and getting to know each other uh, that's me and everybody basically um, but because I, my process here is it's kind of additive so I didn't know what I was going to make at the beginning so I haven't been able to tell anyone when they've asked me oh, what is it you're going to make you know because uh, I don't yeah. know yeah. and that also really it requires a lot of faith from other people you know because they kind of might need to help you make the thing but if, if you don't know what that is they kind of have to bear with you for a bit, oh, yeah. and they have. <laughs> so. And as you said, it's so precise what goes on here yeah. to then be given this abstract yeah. what might happen. It's, it must be yeah. kind of fundamentally different, you know? I really do rely on, on the staff here, the, the amazing and skilled staff here, to help me produce things and also, you know, like we were saying in the, the paint shop, manage things sometimes when I'm not here, which is amazing and generous that they will do that. Um, but we were talking about, I mentioned earlier, the, my interest in value and the, the way different people value different materials. Um, part of um, the sort of conversation about trade and value within what I'm doing here is, um, say for example yesterday uh, I shaped and welded 300 hooks for the, the paint shop and that's how I can exchange those 300 bright shiny new ones because some of them need replacing anyway um, for the, the older paint covered ones, they would normally get stripped every week you see but I've, I'll just ask them please don't just just put the nice new ones yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I can have <laughs> have the sculptural material of like <laughs> of the ones that are covered in stuff so you don't have to strip them and, and that's also like for me a little bit of a legacy, it's like you know they will be used for a certain amount of time and so there'll still be yeah. some presence of the project I guess and I think that there will be sort of physical evidence of that anyway because some of, some of my stuff will contribute to the Ritherden archive um, so there'll be because I'll do an awful lot of drawings there'll be the emails between Hannah and I you know the sort of written correspondence that echoes the relationship between Percy Ritherden and, and Chung Ling Su um, I'm hoping that there will be um, in a couple of weeks there'll be a photographer that comes to to document what I'm doing but more importantly hopefully it some staff portraits so they can be they can be printed off physically yeah. and go be put into the archive because no one prints any you know it's nothing solid anymore is it been a very interesting conversation yeah. and that kind of thing really is what is the kind of conversation I've had with my dad at the start you know because initially it would just be what dad I need to make this thing please can you tell me what material it should you know or where I could get some of this material so mine is my the start of my process is completely different to his because he would say but what do you actually want to make it out of yeah. you know it's the specifics versus the completely non-specific yeah <laughs> but then that's the hope isn't it that this that things like that manufacturing as a what an awesome festival that can actually open that door a little bit and give people an insight because let's face it the products that these guys make go through such mind-blowing technological processes and artistry Yet to the to the untrained eye on the street are the most banal, overlooked mm-hmm. the ghosts almost. They're industrial ghosts. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that must be something really exhilarating to get out of. I 
think so. I mean, it's only sad, like you say, if you don't really, if you aren't aware of those things, you know. Yeah. So it's like highlighting anything, isn't it? You become immediately what you see something everywhere once you start thinking about it. Of course it. you do, yeah. Um, and obviously now I'm obsessively checking old street furniture to see if it's got like a Ritherden stamp on it wherever I go. <laughs> Tweet the picture of that. It goes some way to sort of, not, in, not to the detriment of the mystery that we keep talking about, but I think it's... It's a really good thing to, to make people interested in what happens in places even if they don't know, you know, because yeah. it, it, you then kind of have to accept there will always be some mystery, <laughs> well, <laughs> which yeah. is really good. It's easy to fall into the trap of thinking that nothing is produced in the UK and in England particularly anymore, you know, as if manufacturing doesn't happen and we're just a nation of call centres and something else and something else. But it isn't true. My sort of lived experience, I think, is it's so great to be alive now because I've I've seen sort of the influx of mobile phones to smartphones, and now here, which is you know half of the half of the factory really is led by technology. Yeah. Um, you know, as we were saying before, there's there's very few machines, of new machines, up to date machines that do the cutting and bending that aren't run by a computer program, um, which is just like. It's mind-boggling, and I know yeah. that isn't the case for lots of other for other places um, that I've been into. A lot of it's still, you know, you press a pedal, the guillotine cuts, you set you set the the guards yourself, and all of that sort of business. But that I think for me that was the biggest shock coming to Ritherden is that the place is so clean, it's so efficient, and and things really happen very quickly. Whereas yeah. actually, you know, my experience of, of the making of sculpture is a very very slow process so the con- the contrast is great you know I feel like I can, I can come in here and say can somebody please just just explain to me how this might happen and then the thing happens and it's, wow. it's almost immediate yeah it's uh, that's just just it just knocked my socks off Ritherden is an amazing company because they've allowed they've allowed an artist to come in yeah you know and that actually takes it's it's no small feat really but I think I've been thinking about this recently as well you know why is it exactly that that they've let me in and maybe you can ask Ben later on and, and he'll tell you something different but for me I just think they're so they're not working to mega 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 deadlines because they are so organised because the system works so well yeah you know the, there is room like that thing we were talking about before where maybe I don't know you you go down to less time in, in, a, in a particular job and it gives you space to breathe and to, to think about other things and to continue developing I think maybe it's kind of like that yeah. You know, that there's room here to breathe for somebody to come in and say, oh, actually, could I just have a little bit of time with this person to maybe make this thing? Um, I mean, the Witherden family, I've met Ben, who is the current managing director, and Howard, who is his dad, who was the managing director beforehand. And they're just really lovely people, very open-minded people and interested, you know, and they have their own sort of creative interests outside. You know. So, so you're a managing director here. That's right. And yes, how, long yeah. have you been, how long have you been doing that? Um, yeah, well, I only started as an employee. Obviously, I'm a part of the family. Yeah. Um, but as an employee, I've been here just over, I know, just coming up to 10 years. Yeah. MD, I can't remember now, it's gone so fast, but probably, I think I started about four years ago as the MD. Yeah. Taking over from Dad, who was the MD before. Right, okay. So, how long has it been running the family? It's been, well, from day one, which was in 1895, yes. Wow, okay, so right, yeah, yeah. right through. I'm the fourth generation, yeah. Wow, okay. And what was the the, the very, you know, sort of beginnings? What what was the initial product? Uh, Yeah, well, 
<coughs> really, probably completely different to what we do now. Yeah, so my great-grandfather, Percy Ritherden, who was a bit of a character, a real entrepreneur, and uh, he was sort of part chemist, like a pharmacist sort of chemist, uh, and part showbiz and an amateur magician. So yeah, the first products we made were tricks for magicians, disappearing cabinets and things like wow. that. Uh, <laughs> apparently there was a secret part of the works, which was in Bolton then, uh, that was all locked up and there was a select few could work in there, building these. Uh, very skilled craftsmen, and I think he was involved in the design of the tricks as well. And then the other side, from his his chemistry sort of side, was um, enamelling and electroplating. Yeah, uh, that was the other half of the business then. Wow, which is sounds like the primary thing now, mm-hmm. just from. Yeah, the well, obviously the magic tricks died with him, um, and the electroplating continued right up into the eighties and early nineties. Uh, and yeah, I guess with uh, yeah the sort of environmental impact of, of that, it's quite a, uh, a chemically intense sort of process, of course. So we we phased that out gradually and did less and less of that, and we don't do any now since, since then. Mm. Um, yeah, and then the what we do now with well sheet metal work and making metal boxes and closures, uh, that kind of probably grew most when my grandpa took over and um, making enclosures for the war effort and things like that, I think, you know, for the Navy and, mm. uh, and then carrying it on beyond from that. What a journey. Mm, I mean, it's, yeah. it's really quite mind-blowing. It's a lot to, yeah. I mean, I'm going to go away from here, I'm going to have to digest this, have a lie down. It's kind of, yeah. <laughs> what with everything that Nicola's yeah. doing and, and this whole story, yeah. I think it's really quite, uh, you know, Nicola told me the story of kind of how this artist residency came about. Yeah. How, did, I mean, how did that feel for you guys? Was that quite out of the ordinary or I mean I mean with the with the with the magician heritage yeah. it seems like there's some I mean when there, are, there are, evidently is a lot of creativity in what you guys yeah. Yeah, yeah. do but I guess this is of a different nature how do you feel about the whole thing and how did that get, get going yeah it, it, I think um, yeah Eleanor from the festival of making was is a colleague friend of a friend of ours uh, that's kind of I don't know if she had us in her sights already but that's kind of how she introduced me to Eleanor uh, and then, yeah, Eleanor introduced us to Nick, and um, yeah, yeah, of course it's completely different to what we do now, and uh, yeah, yeah, but we're sort of interested. We're always interested in doing new new things. Uh, you know, Nick and Eleanor went round and met the guys before it all started, and well, everyone here is just great and friendly, and so you know, we we got on yeah. instantly. So yeah, it's completely different. And, yeah, uh, yeah, and probably a bit weird for all of us, but it's. Weird in a really good way, yeah. Um, so I've been looking through the archives. We've got a fantastic archive here of like letters, photographs, um, of previous workers. You know, because they're, they're in loads of books and things that people have written about, and it's it's really interesting. But there is um, there's an there was an illusionist that was around at the same time of when. Um, Witherden's was was founded. Um, the initial the initial founder was Percy Witherden, and he was in a business relationship with an illusionist called Chunling Su, who was very famous at the time. And this this relationship kind of developed into one where Witherden's opened a very small um, fabrication shop to manufacture the props and solid, very very precise things that that Chunling Su would then use in his 
magic acts. I don't oh, know if, wow. if magic, magic acts is the, the right term, but illusions. Yeah. We were talking earlier about the paint shop and mixing powder coating colours for the first time. That's like a miniature project in itself, which Hannah is managing. And we've set up this system where we, we would communicate in writing to each other via emails, do little drawings, discuss how things might look, yeah. what, what ways things might be um, mixed together, different colours would be mixed together and on what. And that sort of echoes this, this written relationship, because I've seen the letters between Percy Ritherden and Chung Ling Su. So there's this sort of evidence being passed back and forward. Oh, wow. I mean, now, you know, we don't write letters to each other because people email each other now. But there is all this sort of solid evidence that can now sit beside this this sort of archive yeah. material. So what what would be your end hopes for the final sort of uh, presentation of your work at the, mm. at the festival? What, what do you hope that, that the sort of public can come and take from that? So there will be, as, as there's tended to be in my last couple of, of larger scale installations, there will be matter generated from different parts of the factory that maybe reference particular things. So for example, one would be, as we've just mentioned, the large scale industrial powder coating paintings where they're, they're abstract paintings because they're mixed uh, mixed colours some of them would be very simple some of them might be very complicated but that's about the, you know what the processes that have gone on here for a very long time and subverting them yeah. you know different aspects of of the workplace and conversations that I've had with people and relationships that we've built the output of those things will come together on site and I can't tell you what exactly it will look like because I never know that until I get there Yeah. Um, and get into that sort of final making positioning mode. I think in, in my mind the best, the best artworks that I have seen allow people to access them at, at any level of interest at all but I think something that is a bit, it's kind of inherent in the stuff that I make anyway because of the nature of the sculpture and because of the materials that I use and this sort of constant visual referencing and processing of industry Sometimes I feel like there's a few in-jokes in there for people like myself, like my dad, like everybody here who, have, who's, who know more about those processes yeah. and will make, ultimately make a different um, interpretation of it anyway because they have a different lived experience with those materials. Yeah. So, I mean, some of my previous works really, even the titles are just like little slang words for, you know, bits of processes or... I don't wow, know, things that yeah. grinders would say and you know take piss out of each other or whatever. Yeah. So, so I like to work in a little bit of humour. So many rich layers. Yeah. Oh, and I'm just so keen to to you know to squeeze in just a little bit of humour there because I think I think things should be funny. I think that's totally fine. Serious nonetheless it's... because you know making being an artist is also very yeah. serious and you've got to be a business person as well and you know you want you know you want to develop a, a career and to do something worthwhile but. I think you've got to have a good time and also you know the environment the working environment here and the spirit of the workforce is so good people are so kind mm. and generous and funny and it's it's been such a wonderful experience for me I just thought my god I need to somehow get a little bit of humor in because that's you know that's what runs through everything so is this something you you hope to see that there could be more of more often I'd love to see more of this stuff going on I certainly would and I'd like to you know have more opportunities myself now because it's one of these situations isn't it where you have a, a designated period of time and as you've just experienced there is so much happening so many deeply deeply interesting things and that is only the practicalities really of what happens yeah you know I'm I'm interested in you know ideas of value people valuing things in different things in different ways and that also transcends to like the marketing the marketing wing you know the business wing Everything you know, everything that goes out in the distribution, 
and I just think I'm really interested in in making parallels in what I do um, with with business practice as well you know um, distribution even you know these things go everywhere yeah. you don't necessarily always pay attention to them but they are they are everywhere they're like serious um, important infrastructure on the streets Truth and just like how can you how can you mirror that in an art practice like yeah. it's a real it's a real study like that's what I want really ultimately and eventually is to just work at something that becomes this massive ecosystem in a practice yeah. and this is the model for it you know a model that I'm interested in for yeah. that yeah. so they cut you know crossovers again it yeah and beautiful and I, I, when I was researching this yesterday I was delighted to see that these guys are up there on Twitter on social media like tagging you sharing the projects getting yeah. what they do out there and, and then that you've got someone like Eleanor and the guys running the, the festival uh, uh, providing a, a, an expose for that a front to actually yeah. take all this great work and show it out to front facing yeah. people then you've got a recipe for, for this becoming something yeah. bigger and I really hope that happens absolutely yeah. I think to be honest though I mean it, it, the whole thing is is completely wonderful and like we were saying you know it would be great if there was more of it but I think you have to be um, the kind of person which the whole Deco Public team are where you just go we want this to happen and it's going to take an awful lot of bloody effort but we just have to go knocking on some doors Absolutely. and then it happens you know and I think that's I'm trying to absorb even more of that in now you know I've sort of seen the model I can go into places and ask please would you mind if I have some of this and I'll bring it back yeah and generally people are just like yeah okay which I almost wouldn't I wouldn't have believed beforehand you know because you just think I don't know maybe if you're stuck in your studio an awful lot of the time you think the world is a really difficult place to, to actually access certain totally. things which actually it might not always be I'm sure it is sometimes but it might not always be yeah. so it's I think sometimes half of the work of it is just it's just doing those things putting things into practice yeah. and you know Deco Public have done that second year in the row now so that's yeah. a long way they continue have you had any, had any uh, sort of comeback from local people yet as in as in people out there did as in like, you know, like Blackburn and surrounding areas mm. have, you, have, you, have you had any feedback from those guys not really but because I'm based in Manchester um, and also because I've been extremely busy coming here and doing the thing <laughs> I've been living it um, I haven't really but apart from online of course because yeah. that's you know yeah. you can access bloody everybody then can't oh, you yeah. um, and like, like you mentioned before you know um, Ligia who's the, the marketing manager here she's amazing because she's just fully behind it getting the information out we share each other's stuff Brilliant. Um, so now also I'm sort of being opened up to this engineering audience so like people who are engineering companies and all that sort of thing are retweeting their retweets and then I'm in those things yeah. which again is like it blows my mind but then that's an also really interesting ecosystem for me it's like yeah. now that bit has gone to a to a completely different place that I didn't even consider you know yeah. So how information travels, not even just the material, you know. Absolutely, and also the idea that there's some kid out there who's artistically inclined, let's say, if, I don't know, 17 years old, just going to college, and, and feeling like everything in the world is away from mm. here, from, mm. the, from these small towns Absolutely, like Darwin, yeah. but all of a sudden realises that a stone's throw up the road from their parents' house, it's a cool artist like yourself working in an awesome site like this mm-hmm. and that I, hang on a minute there is something possible locally with these places this is going on behind closed doors that's a that's a beautiful thought because yeah. as i mentioned earlier i grew up around a lot of places a lot of uh, mills in keithley doing that are now film sets and, yeah. and all sorts so you know it's just a nice thought that towns like this 
that often appear a little run down because of, let's say, other sites that might have closed down or, or declining industries, there is that there's an alternative from something mm. really interesting and innovative. Mm-hmm. Is it's a really cool mm. thought, and I hope that that's the case. And this, yeah. this can help that happen. Absolutely, I, I would like to think so. But I think it's that thing, isn't it, of living near a big city? You know, places on the outskirts of a big city. It's easy to to fall into the trap of thinking that that's where all the the, the things happen. You know. Yeah. Which isn't true. No. Um, <laughs> in fact, to some degree, it's the opposite because there's a lot of business that happens in the city, but a lot of the spaces are on the outskirts, which is increasingly the case. You know, yeah. for places like Manchester, London, Glasgow, wherever, inner city space is very, very poor. You know. Yeah. Um, so there's there's so much opportunity in places like Darwin and Blackburn. Yeah. Um, and, it, and the manufacturing this is where the actual stuff is made you know this is where the processes are going on so it it's rich in information like, well. I, 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 don't, I can't think of another reason why I would have come to Darwin today like you know you, you yeah. don't tend to go I'm going to go to these, some of these places like no I don't expect anyone to know where I'm from in Keithley it's like yeah. well, all of a sudden now there's a reason there's a cool thing happening and the hope is that that catches fire a little bit and actually people do start to see what's cool about you know, yeah. these towns which is a lot to be proud of for local people so yeah it's uh, exciting times it's certainly given me a kick up the ass today to uh, to think about my own practice now also and that's what happens isn't it you get ideas from seeing what other people are doing that's why I do this and it's like now I'm like okay cool I need to go knocking on some doors and painting my stuff on some things you know like this is another sleepless night coming now sorry (laughs) sorry that I've inflicted that upon for the right reasons I love it but you know it's this I just sometimes I allow myself to be carried carried by the positivity of things, and one one kind of positivity for me is production. Yeah. You know, when things are happening, and when things when problems are being solved, and when things are being made, I find that I find the experience of that extremely positive, and I just think, right, just go with it then. Yeah. And you do that. Daniela, uh, sales admin manager, and basically deal first point of contact on the telephones, deal with all inquiries, processing from start to finish to a degree, apart from actually manufacturing the things ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And how about you? Um, I'm Katie. I do sales predominantly, both in the office and I go out and meet customers. It, just, it seems like such a fascinating place to work. I mean, like just, it uh, is. Uh, just been, like I said, been given the tour this morning to see such a mix of technology and interesting characters and and, uh, and the heritage of the place. It's yes. unbelievable. Uh, the, yeah. the whole magician. Yeah, style. from where it started to work. Yeah. I mean, to be in a family company, I think it's a different way. It's a different vibe than being in a big organisation. It does yeah. feel like home away from home to a degree. Yeah. But when you know how far back everything does go, it is quite fascinating to see how it's evolved, how the products have evolved. Yeah. In, you know, and like you said, the technology involved nowadays to manufacture design. You know, we've got the design team in there as well. You know, everything's done in house. Um, yeah. And he's proud to be, really. Have you chatted to Nicola much? Like, do you know much about the artist residency that's been going on? We've seen previous artworks. I mean, this is Ligia. Ligia, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. I do digital marketing. Yeah, that's right. Hello, Ligia. Hello. 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 Hello.
Sorry, we like karaoke here as well. I love it. <laughs> well, some of us do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Leah, yeah. stealing your thunder. It's <laughs> fine. Um, yeah, I uh, do digital marketing for Britherden. Um, one of the first things that um, really inspired me about Britherden and you know really attracted me about Britherden is exactly what you were saying about the history. Mm. Uh, when I researched Britherden online and when I went onto their website, uh, I started reading about the magician and all the history and everything. And uh, there was a, something really particular there that I really liked, and it's it's the company is established for over 120 years and um, it um, had an award I think it was Lancashire County Council uh, for being uh, one of the companies with a website presence established for over for a hundred years wow. and family owned family owned you, that, you know, it's really, <laughs> really interesting that because I was I just said to Nicola by, by um, when I started to research this project to do this today, I um, I was quite surprised. I said, you know, seeing the presence on Twitter and that link up, Nicola. I thought that's really kind of cool. That's something that's uh, an, you know an industrial site like this is often looked at being very traditional and, and maybe not having that presence. But mm. to see it out there on social media and actually staying current and uh, evolving with the times, moving, exactly yeah. that moving with the times. It's, but it it's wasn't really just me, inspiring. No, but I mean, I have to say, no, we credit where credit is due. Yeah. You know, before I came, there was already, I mean, it's not like I established social media yeah. profiles or anything. Yeah. So I came in in 2016 and social media channels for Ritherden have been active since 2012. Yeah. And it already had a good following. It was already building up on, on that. Yeah. And it, it, as a company, yeah. it seems that they're very aware of staying relevant and moving with the times. You know, the very fact that they're open to having an artist's residency in the factory is amazing and I guess that says something about a company that started with magician equipment you know it's like there's a, it seems that there's a real backbone always creativity. thinking out of the box to, yeah, a, yeah. to a degree yeah, yeah. it seems that like there's a real creativity thread that's gone throughout the entire history Definitely. really and it's something that will stay now it will be part of history within yeah. Lancashire yeah. even more so mm-hmm. so you will then years to come look at the early stages of the festival of making something that will grow from strength to strength it will drive more traffic through you know Lancashire itself the yeah. northwest which we are proud to be yeah. northerners you know manufacturers yeah. everything you know but we're we're being part of history in a different sense now I think so awesome. does it does this is this something that um sort of for you guys in your roles is this something that that makes you feel more engaged the fact that they're open-minded like that and doing yeah. this kind of stuff. Definitely, because it's just, it's exciting. It's exciting. It's new new challenges. It's like it's opening new doors. Mm. So it's it's brand awareness at the same time as well, you know. So it's it's good for Nicola. It's good for us. Yeah. I, th- I think it's just... I think it's just nice um, to feel that the company is a little bit part of the local community as well. Yeah. And I think it's really nice um, for the people on the factory shop floor to be able to do different things like um, just it's it's it, I mean we don't feel it as much up here and um, because Nicola is down there but 
they know, oh, Nicholas coming in, you know, yeah. it's Thursday, they they get to do something different. Or even when Nicholas is not here, you know, they're still doing some um, paint experiments and doing some little things that they've never been able to do in the paint shop before mm -hmm. because that's not what it is. It's yeah. like she's, she's mixing colors, she's mixing powders and things. And it's something that they said, well, you know, when, when you actually ask the people down there at the paint shop, they've said, well, yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to know how that would come out, but yeah. that's not what we do because yeah. we paint our cabinets black or we paint our cabinets dark green yeah. and that's it and it has to be a solid color. Yeah, I think it's really inspiring yeah. and it makes yeah. your day-to-day -day different yeah. a little bit and that helps. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you so much to everyone who took part there. Thank you to Nicola Ellis, Ben Ritherton, Katie Brown, Daniela Romano and Ligia Salazar for giving me their time to, to just get under the skin of what I really think is something truly invigorating and really forward-thinking. It's a real thrill to, to get a first-hand look at what's going on and just the artistry, the industry, the imagination, the ideas, the skills. So much pulled uh, into something as great as art in manufacturing season two. Um, and as I mentioned before, it wouldn't be possible without the likes of Heritage Lottery Fund and Arts Council England supporting the National Festival of Making. I just really hope these things continue to move forward and, and I want to see it for a third, fourth, fifth, sixth. I want to see this continuing down the road in the years to come because I just think, as I mentioned on the episode there, I think if you're a young person in those towns and you've got a um, creative inclination, which I think we all do at a certain age, it's so important to know that this is happening outside of the major cities. Not that there's anything wrong with that, of course, but smaller towns, there's great innovation. There's things happening that people don't necessarily have the light shone upon. So for things like this to go on, I really do think it's truly uh, inspiring. So thank you for listening. Uh, what did you think? Get us your feedback. Like I say, hit us up uh, at Arrests All Mimics on social media platforms. And also hit us on Instagram at Festival of Making. Uh, at Fest of Making on Facebook and Twitter uh, and, and do get involved, get in the conversation uh, and maybe, who knows, there's something that you could get involved with in future years on this project. Uh, so thank you again to everyone who made that possible and, and allowed me to go and be a part of it. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, we've got two more wonderful episodes coming up, which I'm not going to reveal just yet, so keep your eyes out on those platforms because there's going to be more to come. If you want to go and see more of Nicola's work, head over to nicolaellis.com. Uh, thank you to the show sponsors, illustrationweb.com, heartsinternet.co.uk, uh, Real Junk Food Manchester, and the Association of Illustrators for their continued support also. Um, so, like I said, get, you know, get your thoughts over, get your feedback. What do you think? Uh, I've had such fun doing this, and I hope you've enjoyed listening also. So thank you. Thank you for checking in. Uh, get involved. Get yourself down to the festival on the 12th and 13th of May, taking over the town of Blackburn in Lancashire. It's really worth the visit creative activities, workshops, talks, it's all going on. Check out the website, festivalofmaking.co.uk. Uh, and thank you once again for everyone who took part in such a wonderful project. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you all very, very soon.